0: Of the Zo <laughs> Episode four: The Key. After our wild ride through an electric tsunami. We find ourselves lying on the living room floor, knocked around like dice in a pop bubble. Unsure about what happened, I scrape myself up and try to grasp the situation. Max comes running up the basement stairs, flashlight in hand. Is everyone alright? He shines the light haphazardly, looking for us. What was that? Greg stands up God. and lights his lighter. Ugh. Max, did you trip a breaker? I dust myself off. Sparks fizzle as they fly to the ground. Electricity echoes through my blood. I've been energized. The jolt awakens something deep within me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean for all this to happen. Max apologizes, but his apology irritates me and suggests his direct involvement in our electrical debacle. Did he really do this? Dumbass! All of my bottled up feelings start to leak out. What the hell were you doing down there? It was an accident. He defends himself, shining the light directly in my face. My God. We lock eyes. His stone face crumbles, only for a moment, exposing his heart's deepest desires to continue where time left off. He shakes his head to regain control of his thoughts. experiment. He finally answers me in a grumble as we walk outside to a bright sunrise. (sighs) With what? I ask, running to catch up with Max's stride. My curiosity is muted when I look around the neighborhood. Everything is different. Where there was once a lively cul-de-sac, there's now barren desert. No roads, grass, or people. Nausea sets in. I refuse to believe my own eyes. Pretty sure it's a time machine. Max continues to explain his experiment. Greg chuckles nervously and looks around (laughs) at the barren landscape. Time machine? Looks like you took out the entire neighborhood. I mean... He kicks the dirt. Uh, What the... My sod! Max, that grass wasn't cheap. Relax, Greg, it's there in the future. He reaffirms his time-traveling theory. Future? Greg asks. You mean to say we're in the past? Max shrugs. Well, I was aiming for the 1930s. Not sure exactly what year we ended up in, because the knobs aren't really that accurate. I wave my hand into the conversation. Hello, what do you mean, not accurate? Have you done this before, Max? He shakes his head. No, it's my first time playing God. The knobs are only vaguely marked as to what they do. Angry thoughts gust into my head before my thoughts reach my lips. I storm into the house with my already cluttered brain going a mile a minute. We could have been killed or trapped. What if we are trapped? Can Max even get us home? Max comes inside. Max, can we please go home now? He shakes his head and trots to the basement, quickly returning with a box of junky wallops to the table. I pick up the main lump of debris. This thing caused all that trouble? Well, yes. It looks like an old melted game system, with the exception of some bulb fuses. A couple of coat hangers bent into rods, and a battery pack duct taped to the side. This garbage was a time machine, and now I have to find a way to fix it. That fucking thing exploded. He scratches his face, which is peeling from the radiation-like burns. It was like a light bomb went off. Burned my face. He points out the pale areas around his eyes. I mean, I'm happy I was wearing welding goggles at the time. I mean, otherwise I'd be blind. Where did you get this dangerous thing? (laughs) I mean, no offense, I know you didn't build this No, I didn't build it He retorts my jab with a glare It was given to me He paces the kitchen The rods were in some need of spot welding or whatever, but I fixed it He picks up the machine tried it out I didn't actually expect it to work He tosses it to the table I only wanted to play around There was an overcharge or something I lost the instruction manual some years ago You play around with a device some random dude gave you? (laughs) This doesn't make sense Why? He said it was a time machine. He wanted me to use it and go back and... He acted like it was easy to use. It's just a tweak here, a turn there. He didn't realize I'm not that smart. I scowl. Yeah, to say the least. I look out the window at the vacant sandy hills and remember the urban sprawl which used to litter the landscape before this nightmare happened. Why the 1930s? He said the mid-20th century. I chose the 1930s because I wanted to be a mobster. You know, the guys that go around shooting people. The ones in the movies. <laughs> wow. I'll fix it, I swear. His tired voice shakes. Just set the focus. Greg comes into the house and attention turns to him. Looks like there could be awkward. The tension in the room places his thought on hold. I'm sorry, did I interrupt? No. Max lights a cigarette. I just finished my story about the time machine. And I won't be doing any encore. I steal a puff of Max's cigarette. Are you going to be able to get us home? He runs his fingers through his buzz-cut hair. I don't know. It's complicated. Complicated is an understatement. Greg puts the pile of junk back in the box and shoves the box into Max's arms. There's only one way to uncomplicate this problem. While the two of them hatch things out, I pack up my frustration and take it to my room to decompress. There, I try and focus on something besides the overwhelming claustrophobic feeling of being trapped in the past. No electricity means there's no air conditioning which also means this house is as hot as an oven in hell i open the window for some fresh air and picture a cold winter's night (sighs) a snowstorm with frigid winds oh it carries in the flakes of snow which tickle my face i breathe in the cold air Mm, uh, nope it's gone reality returns as the hot arid wind whips up the sand clouding the air. I slam the window shut and lie on the bed. Max needs to fix the time machine. He said he had a manual, but he lost it. Why wouldn't he just look for the book? I mean, maybe he didn't lose it. But instead, maybe someone took it. Intentionally, unintentionally, like someone needed a notebook. Hold on, I've taken a notebook from him, and I think I may still have it. I took the book for notes when I was filling out my college essays. Didn't get very many essays in it, but I did write some stories. It wasn't an empty book. The last few pages had some writing and some sketches in them, but the majority of the pages were blank. I had kept the book all this time because I liked the stories I wrote in it. I really didn't think anybody would miss it. That is, until now. I walked to my closet and opened a box of old cherished playthings, the bits and pieces left over from my past. Aha! Amongst the nostalgic baubles, I find a notebook. Sure enough, on the cover of the notebook are the words, Time Trial Number 1, a.k.a. Time Edo, written in black marker. I thumb through the pages of the notebook, which reads like an instruction manual, complete with the sketches of the device, believed to be a time machine. I have to return this book. (laughs) I hope Max doesn't charge a late fee. (laughs) That was a bad joke. With a smile plastered across my face, I pound on the basement door. Max opens the door, only a crack. I haven't finished my time machine yet. He tries to close the door in my face, but I push it open. My smile is reformed with a scowl. I wanted to make sure you have everything you need, since it's been a few hours. I do. Leave me alone to work. He tries again to close the door. I shove the notebook through the remaining crack of the door. Do you? I arrogantly wave the book in his face. I don't know if it'll help, but I suppose I should give you this. He swings the door wide open. Where did you get that? He knows what information this book contains. But I lost it. He comes out of the basement. He attempts to snatch it from my hand, and I try to be flirtatious, but he's not pleased with my capers. Give it to me now, woman! His look of desperation says it all. I hold the key to his prison cell. I wanted to give you this earlier, but you told me to go away. I lie and roll the notebook to shove it under my arm. I'm sorry, I'm stressed. He reaches for the book. And I want him to say he needs my help. And I didn't realize you had something important. His nostrils flare as he holds back his anger. Good enough. I want it back when you're done with it. I have stories in it I want. I hand him the book. He clutches the book and reads through it with bloodshot oh eyes. I can't believe you had the stupid book the whole time. He turns before I'm able to respond. Oh slams the door and heads back to his chamber. I think I may have driven him to madness. Twelve years ago, standing on the patio outside of Greg's colossal graduation party overlooking the city, I feel insignificant. Like my life is fading into the background of the world. My silent evening is interrupted by the squeal of the sliding door. I look over my shoulder to find Max. He's in an exuberant mood. Beautiful night, isn't it? I attempt to avoid conversation and walk to the other side of the porch. Max follows me. It's a shame you're not having fun. I remain silent. There's nothing really to say. It seems every time I open my mouth, something imprudent comes out. Why aren't you in there with your homies? He continues his one-sided conversation. Well, they aren't my homies anymore. Ever since I moved, they seem different. <gasps> she speaks! He says, pretending to be in shock. If you're bored to death, we can go somewhere and have some real fun. He smiles devilishly. I return to ignoring him. Uh, Though deep down inside, I'm excited someone Hang wants out, to talk. Watch, uh, I'm disappointed yeah. it's Max. Yeah, you know. oh. <sighs> it's I don't find him does. stimulating you know, at all. First of all, he's like a brother to me, and I could never imagine ever having a deep conversation with him. Secondly, he just nauseates me. Though I've barely held up my end of the conversation, he's insistent about engaging me. You want to? He winks and points to his truck parked in the drive. I can't help myself anymore. I need action. I swallow my pride and take him up on his invitation. We jump in his newly rebuilt truck and are gone. After making his runs to his customers, we pull off to the point, which is a place where most people our age go to make out. Personally, I've never come here. I've only heard stories. We hop into the back of his truck and look up at the stars, or what little stars we can see over the sickly orange glow of the pollution. I've longed for someone to take me away. To yearn for me the way I want to be yearned for. To make matters worse. My young and dumb demeanor covets for the bad boy essence Max knowingly supplies. So, Max. I roll to my side and rest my head on my hand to get a better look at him. Do you think we're alone in the universe? He lights up a joint. (laughs) Definitely. Isn't that an arrogant way to see life? Max shrugs. I roll to my back. I mean, if you look at all the stars we see here, and imagine there are billions upon billions more we can't see. You have to think that there's life on one of them, right? <coughs> to believe in another world would mean I would have to believe in God. Or a God, And anyway. Why not believe? It gives you hope we're not alone. We're alone. No God. No aliens. No aliens. Nothing but us. You don't have to believe in God to believe in aliens. That's just fucking dumb. Stop the fucking subject, please. Okay, fine. You know, Abby, you don't really have a clue about what I do. Max sits up. You don't know where I come from because my brother never says a word to you about it. Greg never got beat like I did and still do. Boom. He makes a smoke ring. He's lucky. You could tell me and then I would know. Not the same at all. But I'll tell you that's how I know there's no God. These crackheaded people buying shit from me, they look like ghosts. They ain't got no soul. You can tell just by looking at them in the eyes. He grabs my free hand. This world is a horrible place full of greed, death. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and the crackheads keep disintegrating into nothing. <sighs> I have nothing to say. A few crickets and the occasional sound of wildlife break up the silence and make the gawkiness bearable. The moon shines through the trees, giving us just enough light to see our mutual admiration. That insatiable night leads to an unstoppable chain reaction, erupting into an unforgettable summer. Now, all that remains are a few memories, mixed up with a depleted reality. Next time on Tales of the Zougaroo. I mean, we've officially been stranded in the past for a week. You mean the fanciest hotel chain in the land. I think about the life that I could have had. We just want to go home. The mistakes that I could redo. You always get everything. The things I didn't like about my life that could just be a time travel away the oh, fuck up my plan breaking everything in their path i don't understand why i let you move in here i don't understand this but because they control themselves so.